Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. There are many illustrations used in the Word of God to describe the reality of sin in our lives. One of the most graphic is the comparison of sin to the dreadful disease of leprosy, which in Bible times was an incurable disease. It was horrible in its manifestation and the degenerative effects it had on the human body. Tragically, it caused insensitivity to touch and to pain, unknowingly causing terrible damage to the individual who had it. Sin is much like this. It starts on the inside, brings with it a deadness to its effects and consequences, causes terrible disfigurement and disability, and eventually terminates in death. Pretty bad picture, isn't it? Thankfully, leprosy, or Hansen's disease as it's known today, is curable, and suffering is now greatly reduced from this awful disease. But the picture still is clear. Sin is an awful thing, and no earthly cure will ever be found for it. In today's message, speaker David Peterson looks at an interesting story from the New Testament in which ten lepers had a momentous encounter with the only one who could help them, the Lord Jesus Christ. You might say it was a red-letter day in their lives. They were helpless and hopeless. What would Christ do? Well, yes, he healed them and sent them to the priests. And what happened after they were cleansed? You may already know the story, but listen as Mr. Peterson tells how this encounter with the Lord not only changed the earthly life of one of these lepers, restoring him to health and to his family, but also, and more importantly, his future life in eternity as well. Luke seventeen eleven, And it came to pass, as he went, Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I've told the story before, you may have heard it before somewhere, about the two brothers that were well known around town for their crooked business dealings. They were as mean and cold-blooded as you can imagine. One day one of the brothers died, I think people in town weren't too sad, and the surviving brother wanted to give his dead brother a funeral fit for a king. So he called the funeral home and he made all the arrangements and then he 
called one of the ministers at one of the churches in town, and he made him, he said, an offer that he couldn't refuse. He said he would give him $10,000 to put a new roof on the church. He said, if you will take my brother's funeral, if and if in eulogizing him, you call him a saint. What would you do with that request? Well, he agreed. Nearly the whole town turned out for this funeral to see what kinds of things would be said about this wicked man that had died. And the minister began, he said, the man you see in the coffin before you was a vile, debauched individual. He was a liar. He was a thief. He was a deceiver. He was a manipulator. He destroyed the fortunes, careers, and lives of countless people in this city, some of whom are here today. This man did every wicked, dirty, rotten thing that you can think of. But compared to his brother, he was a saint. There's something built into us all. We don't want to face what we really are. And listen, what difference does it make? What difference does it make if we can pay someone to say something different? What difference does it make if what the preacher might say when our life is over or what people say when our life is over? The only thing that really matters is what does God say? What does the Word of God say about who we are, about what we are, about where we're going? That's all that really matters, isn't it? I want you to think about these 10 men. I want you to think about what they were. There was a word that was used about them that still has a, a stigma attached to it today. If somebody calls somebody else a leper, you know it's not a good, it's not a good thing. It's got some, there's something about hearing that you're a leper. People, people use that term to say, stay away from them. And that's what these men were. They were lepers. They couldn't change their condition. They couldn't improve their condition. They couldn't take their problem away. They were lepers. It was a problem that actually began on the inside and eventually manifested itself on the outside. So usually they would notice something wrong with a part of their skin, and it was an indication that they may have the disease of leprosy. And so what the people had to do back in these days, they would have to go see the priest. In this culture and at this time, they went to see the priest. The priest examined them, and he would look at their spot, and he would say either clean, it's not leprosy, or unclean. It is leprosy. You did not want to hear unclean. These 10 men one day went to see the priest. And when they went to see the priest, the priest told them, unclean. But it was a condition that started on the inside. Just within the last 50 years or so, there's been a good deal of research and further understanding of what leprosy, even biblical leprosy, really was. Now it's called Hansen's disease. There's a book, quite a few books actually, co-written by Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey. Philip Yancey is editor-in-chief of Christianity Today, and he actually co-wrote some books with Dr. Paul Brand. Paul Brand made some interesting discoveries, or at least wrote about these discoveries, about leprosy. And there was a leprosarium that he visited, that place where people have leprosy, have Hansen's disease. And he said one of the problems that he suspected was true about leprosy victims is that they could not feel anything. They could not feel pain. And so this came to light when he went and visited. This little boy had leprosy, and the little boy was taken down the hallway to show him something in this room. And Mr. Brand had the key with him, and he put the key in the door and turned it. He tried to turn the lock. It was so tight, he said, I couldn't turn it. The little boy looks up at him, and he says, give me the key. I want to try it. So he gives the key to the little boy. 
A boy, eight-year-old boy puts the key in there and turn the lock. Then he looked at the boy's fingers because there was blood dripping down to the floor. The key cut right through his fingers and hit bone, and then his bone actually turned the key. See, Mr. Bram did it, and when he was turning it, it wouldn't go, and he feels the pain in his fingers, and he says, all right, I can't turn it. This little boy couldn't feel the pain. And so he just kept on going, right? And that's what happened with leprosy victims. They would they would step on a nail and walk for a hundred miles to see somebody, and they wouldn't even know that they had a problem in their foot. You know what was going on? You know what's going on with leprosy victims? Nerve cells inside are dying. Something is wrong in here. And eventually, it begins to manifest itself on the outside. You know, that's like us. That's like us. We're born sinners. We come into the world with an inside problem. We have corrupt hearts. We have a sinful nature. A nature that will eventually, eventually begin to manifest itself on the outside. So that little precious bundle that you brought home from the hospital, and inside that little child is a sinful nature that, give it enough time, doesn't take very long either, by the way, give it enough time, the problem that's on the inside will begin to manifest itself on the outside, right? It's the sinful nature that we have on the inside that eventually manifests itself on the outside. It happened with all of my children. They're sitting in the high chair, and I tell them to eat your supper. They look up, and they just make that, mm, face or they or they swat at your hand when you go to put the food in their mouth where do they learn this defiant behavior it's because we have a sinful nature inside that manifests itself on the outside that's what the problem was with these men here they are lepers they're standing by the gate of this village there's a reason why they're standing there and they have to tell everybody as everybody's coming into the city if people get too close they have to say we're unclean were unclean. They had to admit it to people. Imagine if you had to announce to everybody who passed by your biggest problem. How would you like to do that? People coming too close and be careful. Liar. Liar. Right here. Right? You wouldn't want to have to do Thief. Don't get too close. I'll take some thief. Listen, that's what was true with these men. The biggest problem that they had their leprosy, their uncleanness. They had to admit that to other people. It was a sad thing to be these men. And back in this day, the disease that they had was going to destroy them. It was incurable, and they were going to die. You know something? Sin, too, will destroy us. We're going to die because of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's not only physical death. There is spiritual death. There is eternal death. The Bible calls it the second death to be separated from God forever. What they were, they were lepers. The second thing, I want you to think about where they were, where they were. Verse 12 says, Jesus was entering into a certain village, and there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood far off, far off. That's where they were. They were far away from everybody else. You see, they were distanced because of their disease. The priests looked at their spots, and he said, unclean. You know what they had to do now? They had to go pack their bags, if you will, and get out of the city. They had to say goodbye to their families. They had to remove themselves from society, from family, from everything. How sad it would be to be these men, to be cut off from everybody else. I want to say, that's what sin has done to us. Sin has cut us off from others. 
Most importantly, sin has cut us off from God. God says in Isaiah 59, your sins, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. How sad. I wonder how long it had been since these men felt the embrace of their wives or had a kiss from one of their little children if they had them. They were separated because of their disease. Now, what can they do? Not really much they can do. They can hope that somehow their condition will get better. It's not going to. There's no doctor that can help them. You know what they could do? Not too much until they heard this. There's whispering and people are, Jesus of Nazareth, he's coming through here. Jesus of Nazareth. Boy, we've heard of him. We've heard he's healed other people. You know, he, he healed a leper before he met these lepers. And he gave blind people their sight back and deaf people their hearing back. He even gave people that were dead their lives back. And he's coming through this way. He's coming through this way. You're really sure that Jesus of Nazareth would come through here? See, I want you to think third about who they were. Who they were. Say, well, I thought you already said they were lepers. No, that's what they were. I want you to think about who they were. We're told that one of them was a Samaritan. The implication is that the others weren't Samaritans and probably were Jews. He's going through Samaria and Galilee and comes upon a village where one of these 10 men happens to be Samaritans and probably the rest are Jews. So you've got some Jews, you've got a Samaritan, and if you know anything from the Bible, you would know that they were not friends. In fact, Jesus met a Samaritan woman in John 4, and she said to him, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, right? And yet these enemies were united in their despair, in their misery, in their disease. I don't think that any of them standing out there were going, you're a Samaritan and we're Jews. No, we're lepers, and we're going to die. It doesn't really make any difference. Neither does it make any difference where you're from, what your last name is, what color your skin is. It doesn't make any difference. We're all sinners, and we all need God's forgiveness. We can all be saved, thank God, by his grace. We're united in our need of Christ. So what do they do? They hear that Jesus is coming, and they, verse 13 says, they lifted up their voices. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They felt that they had to cry out because they were so far away and they would need to get his attention, right? They're far away and they're yelling. You know what I think? I think if they'd have just whispered it in their hearts, he would have heard them still. Because the Lord Jesus is always listening for the cry for mercy from a person that knows they need to be cleansed, that needs to be saved. So, Here's the Lord Jesus. He passes through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. You know what I thought about? Back in those days, Jews, if they were going to head north, they were not going to go through Samaria. They'd just go around it. We don't want to go into the place where people were contaminated by these sinful, wicked Samaritans. Jesus went right through the middle of Samaria to see 10 lepers. He went where no one else would go to help people that no one else could help. In fact, that's why he came into the world. He came into the world to save us. Nobody else could save us. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It wasn't the only time that he went through the midst of Samaria. John chapter 4, we're told that he went into Samaria. It said he, he must needs go through Samaria again to help a woman that needed to be saved. Now, Jesus was a Jew. One of the men was a Samaritan. So 
The Lord Jesus hears them say, Jesus, Master, have mercy. And he comes to where they are. He looks them over. Do you think he said, all right, nine of you, you're Jews. I'll be happy to help you. You Samaritan, sorry, there's nothing that I can do for you. By the way, that Samaritan had an additional problem that the Jews didn't have. Back in the days of Jesus, Samaritans were not permitted into the temple area. They couldn't go where God was. In fact, there was a sign posted in that time. No Samaritans permitted. So here's a man. I'll tell you what. He's an outsider, if ever there was an outsider. He, went, he couldn't enter the city because he was a leper. He couldn't enter the temple because he was a Samaritan. And he couldn't enter heaven because he was a sinner. But this outsider met the Lord Jesus, who could change so much for him and would. They were all objects of his compassion and mercy. And when people asked for mercy of Jesus in the gospel records, I can't find one example where he didn't have mercy. The only person I can find that asked for mercy and he didn't ask it from the Lord Jesus, that asked for mercy and didn't get it, was a man that asked too late. In hell, he says, Father Abraham, have mercy. And he didn't get mercy. Too late for mercy then. Now's the time to be saved. Now's the time to cry unto him. The last thing I want to think about, not only what they were and where they were and who they were, but finally, I want you to think about what they did. Jesus says to them, he notices that they have leprosy. He knows that they are unclean. And he tells them, he says, verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. That was it. And the text doesn't say that he adds. And when you show yourselves to the priest, you will be cleansed. It doesn't say that at all. To show themselves to the priest would be ridiculous. I imagine there's, if I'm there, I'm thinking, show myself to the priest. The last time I did that, things didn't go too well. He said that word, unclean. That's why I'm here. I don't need to see the priest. I need to be healed. I need to be cleansed. Jesus says, just go show yourself to the priest. And now they had a choice to make. Are they going to do what he says to do? Are they going to obey the plain word of Christ? They do. And after they obeyed his word, what happened? Came to pass as that as they went, as they were going, <laughs> they were cleansed. I wouldn't you love to have been there with them on that road just to see the reaction on their faces or the, listen to their conversation? Oh, look at this. My hand is, is healed. My spot is gone. Maybe some of them had places on their body that were marred and missing. And maybe they're not missing. And they're mended. And they look and they, they say, I can't believe this. Throwing down the crutches or whatever it happened to be. And the next one says the same thing's happening to me. All ten of them suddenly are healed. They're cleansed. They're... You know something now? They can't wait to go see the priest. Because now the priest is the one that can look them over and give them the word that will bring them back into society and to their families and to the city. And the priest is going to be able to look them over and say, clean. I imagine now they're in a real hurry to see the priest. Except for one man. He suddenly stops. They couldn't have been too far away from the Lord Jesus, by the way. I don't think they were miles down the road. He turns back, and with a loud voice, he glorified God, and he fell on his face before the feet of Jesus, and he gave him thanks. You know something? The other men went to see the priest. This man became a priest. He brought a sacrifice of praise. He gave the fruit of his lips. Some of you remember the night that happened for you. Maybe you remember trusting Christ as your Savior, and the very first thing you did was you, maybe you just 
closed your eyes. Maybe you got down beside your bed. Maybe you just stood where you were. Maybe you got down on your knees and you just said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving me. I wanted to be saved for so long. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Here's a man that just returns and he gives God thanks. It's hard to know what Jesus meant when the story finished. But Jesus said to him in verse 19, he said, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I just wonder if he not only was cleansed from his leprosy, but if he was cleansed from his sins. And if that were the case, then it means something else. See, he's a Samaritan still. He still can't get into the temple. And those other men now can. But you know what? Now we'd be getting into heaven. And those other men still can't. That's all that really matters, isn't it? Are you going to heaven? Do you have Christ as your Savior? You could have every bodily problem fixed, but you need to have your sins cleansed. You need to be set free. You need to be saved. You need to be forgiven. And if you come to the Savior, he can do it. You know why? Because he died on the cross for sins. He paid the price and bore the judgment our sins deserved. He died for our sins. And he was raised again for our justification to make us right with God. Trust in the Lord Jesus. He will cleanse you. He will save you. He will save you now. Yes, the leper was cleansed by Christ. What could be better than that? Well, salvation could. And indeed, that was what this dear man experienced. He came back to Christ in joy and thanksgiving and received something far better than temporary healing. He received eternal life, sins forgiven. Sometimes people turn to God for physical healing, and that's okay. But we hope that you realize that you have a far greater need than your physical problems. You have a spiritual need for healing and for cleansing. Only by Christ's death on the cross could this great salvation be accomplished. We hope that our listeners will turn to Christ today and trust his atonement for sins through his death on the cross. Trust him as your own personal Savior. Remember, the Bible says that now is the time of salvation. Trust him at once and know your sins forgiven. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. Our Anchor Point messages are also available for listening and download at anchorpointradio.com. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.